Welcome back, radio entrepreneurs, listeners, and fans. I'm producer Nathan Gobes, and I'm excited to be introducing you back to the FBA Family Business Panel Discussion. This is our fifth edition, Turning Chaos into Stability and Profitability. In this family business-related spring 2022 edition of the panel, we'll be covering topics related to threats and opportunities that family business owners can take during chaotic times, what it takes to lead a family business through chaos, transitions during chaotic times, and much more. This episode is part one of three, and all discussions are intended to be highly relevant to family business owners, but also entrepreneurs of all types. So be sure to follow Radio Entrepreneurs on LinkedIn, YouTube, Spotify, or any of the many other platforms we stream on to catch the other segments as they go live. Before the discussion, let me introduce our panelists. Today, we have three returning panelists that you should all know well. Stephen Wilchins, founding partner at Wilchins, Cosentino & Novins, Rich Hershen, partner at Gray, Gray & Gray, and Chris Perry, president of Wealth Management and Senior Managing Director at Northern Trust. Welcome back, Stephen, Rich, and Chris. Thanks. Next, I'm excited to introduce a new guest on our panel, but not a guest new to Radio Entrepreneurs, Kelly Berardi. Kelly is also a partner at Gray, Gray & Gray alongside Rich, who has also been on our show many times over the years. For those who don't know Kelly, she is a partner at Gray Gray and Gray's tax department and is instrumental in the development and implementation of tax strategies for businesses. She constantly monitors the changes in tax legislation to ensure both clients and members of Gray Gray and Gray stay abreast of changes and their potential impact. Welcome, Kelly. Finally, I'll introduce the panel's moderator, radio entrepreneur's host, and CEO of Mage LLC, Jeffrey Davis. Welcome, Jeffrey. I will now hand the conversation over to you. Thank you very much, Nathan, and welcome uh, to the panel. I appreciate everybody uh, being here today. You know, I don't think I'm saying anything that everybody doesn't already know. What a roller coaster the last few years have been. Uh, supply chain, COVID, interest rates, staffing, war, elections. What more could we throw into the mix? A lot more. Uh, organizations are in a constant state of flux. Uh, constant state of change, leadership is redefining itself. To say that we're in the midst of chaos may be actually an understatement. That's why this panel has been put together and we want to discuss all those issues and how it affects business leaders. So we think this is a very relevant topic. So uh, first of all, I want to start from general to specific and I have no uh, desire to pick on anybody first, but you know, how do you lead a team through chaos? You know, um, we're all leaders also. We are all owners of organizations. Uh, does anybody want to take a stab at that? Oh, I'll take a okay. stab. Oh, right. Go ahead, Richard. I mean, I think, you know, first of all, you just need to remain calm and project the calmness. Um, you know, I think in businesses, you have employees that might be upset of things going on in the world, might have other stresses that are impacting them. So you want to make the workplace a calm place. But I think in, you know, leading the team and looking at the business, you need a plan um, of how you're going to tackle the issues and, you know, be willing to change from that plan as things come up. And so I think the, have an entrepreneurial outlook um, and be willing to alter your plan as circumstances change and just be calm through the whole thing. I, I think that's excellent. If I may add to what Rich said, I think staying positive is also very important on the qualities and also to really embrace the new direction as a group and to look at the ultimate goals together 
as a group moving forward through the chaotic situation. You oh no, uh, Chris, I think your volume's off still. Thank you. I'm sorry about that, Jeffrey. So uh, I'll add, um, you know, people are purpose driven. And it's really helpful as, uh, from a leadership standpoint to uh, keep people focused on kind of the mission, um, helping people understand that, that uh, you know, they're, they're part of something bigger than themselves and that uh, that purpose can be inspirational and motivational. The other thing I would add in times of volatility is one can be aggressive from an entrepreneurial standpoint in um, acquiring talent. This is a time when people are looking around and looking for something um, perhaps uh, different than what they're doing. And um, uh, it's, it's always good to, you know, take a, a challenge like the situation we're facing and making it into an opportunity by acquiring good people. Very good. Uh, Kelly, you don't have to answer, but I don't know if you wanted to add uh, your perspective on this. Yeah. So I think for, for our firm, I think we've been extremely proactive in, in our leadership and in talking with people and really understanding what's happening, um, you know, in the industry and just in the world overall. Um, I think it's presented a great deal of opportunity for us. It's allowed us to sort of change who we were um, and to progress sort of into a different way of, of doing business. I mean, we always struggled, I think, with with part-time or remote work. And, and some of us, you know, thought it wasn't possible. And we wanted people in the office or our clients every single day. And from a recruiting and retention standpoint, especially with, um, with young women and working moms, it, it presented, you know, a great deal of, of, of challenges for us. And I think COVID, which was terrible in and of itself, but it showed us that people can work remotely um, they can serve as clients just in a different way. We're able to hire people from outside of Massachusetts. We've got people kind of working all over the country now. Um, and we're able to provide a work environment that we weren't able to provide before. Um, so, and that was just because we weren't open-minded enough to really open ourselves up to what could be. And so COVID has done a lot of great things for us. And it's also allowed us to um, do a lot of consulting and good things for our clients. So so we always try to, I always try to look at the glass as sort of half full and not half empty. And, um, and I'm just glad that, you know, we're through it or we feel like we're through it for now. And our staff seem to be very happy and, and looking forward to sort of the next phases of our firm. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's hard to add anything to the, what I consider to be the eight points that I've heard so far, but I want to, I, I want to add something because I, I sort of build on what uh, Kelly said. I've always told leaders when things are sort of looking stable and leaders act, uh, staff tend to think that there's something wrong with leadership, that leaders need to look for opportunities to become, to be leaders. And in this time of chaos, I think this is, you're teeing up, I hate to use a golf metaphor, we're teeing up leaders to be leaders. And those who are hiding from this are not good, but this it really is an opportunity for leaders to show that they've earned their jobs and that they're doing their jobs right. And this is an opportunity. Times of change are times of opportunity. So I agree with all of you that there are, you know, at least eight factors that we've listed that are very important uh, in doing this. So let's continue along this road since our first segment amongst our three segments is leadership and culture during chaos. Uh, what do you think are the most, the best qualities of a leader during these times? What do you look for in a leader? I think someone who's entrepreneurial can look for new opportunities when you have 
chaos like this. Um, you know, there's lots of different ways the business can go and uh, different opportunities present themselves. So I think, among other things, um, having an entrepreneurial spirit, being able to identify those opportunities is a great trait to have. I, I would also add that someone who's open-minded, consider all opinions and factors that's adaptable, has a lot of initiative and entrepreneurial creativity in pulling their team together and in deciding which direction they want to go and formulate a plan. I want to add a little bit to that. I'll jump in earlier this time. Uh, you know, a lot of family businesses, as I think all of us know, uh, they set a sort of pattern in place, a family pattern, a lot of times that can become somewhat rigid. And uh, you're right. And in this time being rigid, doing what mom or dad did, doing what was done in the past, that's not the way to survive in this economy, adapting and changing leadership style and being open. And personally, what I find is that people who were trained outside of the family business tend to be more flexible than those who are trained only inside the family business. Has anybody else also seen that trend? Very much so. Very much so. It's a good policy in a family business to have people to work outside of the business before they're coming in as in order as part of a training program because they get to see the world in a different light. Right. Anybody want to add uh, to that question? Oh, we got you on silence again. Yeah, sorry. The quote that I like um, is, um, to the curious go the spoils. And the idea of, you know, when, when circumstances in the market change, um, you, you got to, you know, do your research and go out and find out what's going on and, and ask yourself the question, what's, uh, what am I doing uh, that is effective? And are there changes that, um, that are afoot that I need to, to adopt to? And, um, and that to me, a, a good leader looks at the, the circumstances and um, is really curious about understanding if they've changed. Yeah, and, and part of that is priorities. You have a lot of things coming at you, both in, internal to the organization and external. And a good leader with their, with their team has to know how to prioritize to move forward. Correct. And I think that the idea of not being stubborn right now is the key and holding on to some uh, different ways of doing things. How do you so, move a stubborn family member? <laughs> it's always, you know, that's always tough. And uh, speaking as an organizational consultant, I know I'm a facilitator. We always look for what I would call the agent of change, that, that who's going to be the catalyst within the organization, because the consultant really isn't the catalyst. You're looking for someone within the natural system of the organization to be the catalyst for change. And you don't know where that's going to come from, but wherever it's going to come from, you have to sort of make them feel comfortable and enable them to act and create a path for them to act without damage. Mm -hmm. But you do need to find the catalysts in this environment and the stubborn people cannot, they should not be holding down those catalysts. Yeah. So, once I'm on to Catalyst, I'm going to change to my next question. Sorry, if you don't mind, because these segments go much quicker than I thought. Let's talk about culture. 
What kind of, you know, Kelly mentioned remote culture, recruiting remotely, which I love. I've always been a big fan of. People have adapted that over the last couple of years, which I really encourage. Uh, different work styles, you know, you know, I, I just hearing this week again, another article about two people taking one full-time position so that they can have work-life balance. Uh, so what kind of culture do you build during this environment that, that is a strong culture for success? take it. All right. Kelly. So, you know, it's interesting. I think that's sort of what I struggled with the most. I missed, um, you know, being in the office and seeing all the young people around and, you know, when people are around and a lot of people are around, it gives people, you know, sort of an audience to joke around and, and, you know, and laugh with one another and have lunch with each other and, and do all that. Right. So that all kind of stopped abruptly with, with COVID. So we went from that kind of culture to young people, um, you know, working in their offices at home alone, some of these kids coming out of college and, you know, they went from being in a fraternity or sorority to like working alone. Um, and you think about how miserable that is and what they were going through. Right. So what we did is what other, I think a lot of other companies did is we did all these sort of, you know, virtual wine events and virtual meetings. Um, we also created uh, sort of team check-ins um, and things like that, but which was good, right. It was nice to sort of get in front of people, but as things have kind of opened up, um, you know, we've done outings on a smaller, smaller scale and they really aren't anything fancy, but for instance, you know, we just got through our March 15th deadline and, you know, there's a bar in Milton. I don't know if people have heard of it. It's the hillside. It's this local sort of dive pub. Um, and a few managers reached out to some of the younger staff and said, Hey, do you guys want to grab, you know, come into the office for a little bit in the afternoon and grab a couple of beers. And, you know, when, when I tell you that how happy these young people were, to just get together for a little bit. It was only a few hours. We had a couple beers. We got to hang out for a little bit and everybody went home. And I think if you do those special little things, it doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, and it, but it brings people together and in a way that's not on screen. Um, so that's kind of what we've been doing. We do a lot of on screen stuff and then we try to do smaller things spontaneously and sporadically throughout the year to get people engaged. And it seems to be working really well. I think we've also been really focused on making sure that the young people are interacting with one another and developing friendships with each other, which they've done. And that keeps us here longer too. Cause if you like who you work with, you're, you know, sort of less apt to leave. Anybody want to add to that? Yeah. Because I'm a big believer that culture beats strategy. Yeah. Culture, culture eats strategy for lunch for, uh, for sure. I, I totally agree with Kelly. The, the, when you think about what makes a, an organization um, work well it's a team that trusts each other. It's a team and trust is the core to collaboration, right? Like you can't have collaboration without trust. And how do you build trust? It's not just within the working environment. People need to have connections to each other that are personal. They need to feel like there's a friendship there. Um, and this has been really hard during the pandemic to kind of have those personal connections. Um, you know, we would... Uh, Get, try and get people into the office and, and as Kelly described, do, you know, either go out for beers or even, you know, uh, have a snack cart go through the, you know, the uh, uh, serve soft serve ice cream on particular days when people in the office, just anything to uh, mix it up a little bit and get people um, uh, out of just working, right? Where, so, that, so that you can build those friendships. Very, very important to trust and collaboration. I think the one thing that's really changed is you need to be proactive with all these things. I think prior to the pandemic, everyone was in the office and, you know, the water cooler talk and Kelly 
as she's saying, joking around with everyone, um, you know, which just sort of happened organically, where now you need to be more thoughtful and proactive and, you know, you want people to go out for beers and things. You can't just round them up at the end of the day. It all needs to be scheduled and planned more in advance. That's what I've seen is, is a big change. Well, clearly culture is important. I spend a lot more time uh, individually, one-to-one with my team. We take walks, we go outside. And uh, I think they feel, you know, when we spend some time together that, uh, that I have more personal care for them than, than they probably would have appreciated before just to take some time and ask people. But I also am more supportive of their personal lives. I try to make that clear during these times that the work is important, but I understand that people are really very stressed during these times and people are going through a lot personally and emotionally. And I try to understand that and support that process as well, because it's more than a job for just about everybody nowadays. Uh, You know, there's about 17 points in that segment that came out. I think they're very important. for people listening who want to build a more compelling culture during this time of chaos, but we're running to the end of this first segment. So I'm going to turn it back over to our producer, Nathan Gobes. Thank you, Jeffrey. And thank you everyone else. That was a great conversation on uh, leadership and culture during chaos, but that wraps up part one of the spring 2022 edition of the family business panel discussion. Thank you to all our listeners and viewers as well, who have tuned in for this first new first new segment on radio entrepreneurs Uh, Links will be provided in the description below to parts two and three of the discussion to hear more on these topics. So be sure to click those links uh, and hit subscribe just below the video if you're on YouTube or follow if you're on uh, listening on one of our podcast platforms to stay up to date on all of our postings. If you're a big fan of our videos, please also comment, like, share, subscribe, press the bell button. It helps immensely. Radio Entrepreneurs is also highly active on LinkedIn, so be sure to go follow our page there as well for more business advice and discussions. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening. We'll be back with more stories on Radio Entrepreneurs.